Welcome to this week's episode. This week we're going to talk about foot chases, new additions to the You Can't Make This Stuff Up, and the news and the headlines across the nation. Welcome to the 1086-108 podcast. Welcome, everybody, to episode 10 of the 1086-108 podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Lee Alexander. And I'm Matt Taylor. All right. We're going to talk about foot chases today, aren't we, Matt? Yep. All right. We're going to talk about the pros and the cons, really mostly the cons. There's a lot uh, of cons. There's a lot of cons um, in regards to foot per cha- foot chases by police officers. You want to start it up, Matt? All right. So most agencies have canine, most agencies have helicopters, or there are some agencies that have drones that can chase these people down. So why the hell are you chasing people on foot? Right. When you look at the uh, annual statistics on uh, officers killed in the line of duty, a large quantity of them are killed during foot pursuit. Foot pursuit. Boy, I'm having a hard time today. It sounds like it. Yeah. Have you been running? No. <laughs> At my age, it's just walking. It's a, so the issue that I have, first and foremost, if you're not physically fit and run normally, you know, at least three times a week, right. why the hell are you going to start chasing somebody um, when your adrenaline's already going? Right. You're wearing all that extra gear. Plus, um, as soon as you initiate that foot pursuit, you have given them the advantage. Of course. Because they are ahead of you. So they have the ability to make a decision on what they're going to do. They go around that corner. You go around that corner because very few officers actually take the time in a foot pursuit to clear that corner before they make the turn. Yes. And there, lo and behold, there's a bad guy waiting on you when you come around the corner. Years ago when I first started, um, I'm going to leave names out, locations out. To protect the innocent? Um, just to protect the family. Yeah, I got you. Um, it was a shooting. We were involved in a shootout. Um, between the bad guys and us. They subsequently crashed in this vehicle pursuit that we were involved in. And what I mean by shootings, every time we get to a a crowded intersection, they would shoot at us and the law enforcement would shoot back. Um, During this chase, I subsequently was the second vehicle in the chase, but they were kind of, I don't know, 800 yards ahead of us. When the suspect hit the tree, um, so the two initial officers bail out of the car, chasing the bad guys. I bail out, and I'm following the passenger. Um, and just in front of me is another officer. Uh, the bad guy at that time, over his shoulder, uh, shoots back at us and subsequently hits the officer in front of me in the head. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, he passed away, but... I am never <laughs> started chasing. I stopped chasing bad guys at that point. Right. Um, sometimes they get lucky. And what I mean by that, it's unfortunate for um, us if they get lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, he did not get away. But that was my first experience of a foot chase. I was still in the field training officer program at that time. That, I'm sure, as it sounds, left an indelible mark on your memory. Yes. And... Because of that experience, it 
created how you behaved in future events. Yes, it did. Right. Sadly, in some cases, we have officers don't get that opportunity. Uh, they get in the foot pursuit and bad things happen. They end up deceased. Because uh, like you said, uh, sometimes the bad guy gets lucky. Right. And uh, they don't get the chance to learn from that experience. Right. And it, and I think the the bad part about it is, is neither do agencies uh, when they still allow such situations to take place. Now, I know we're going to get a lot of naysayers. Why are you saying that you should never, ever f- pursue on foot? Um. Really, in the vast majority of circumstances, yeah, that's pretty much what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, because you have, like you said, you have all this technology and devices uh, at your availability, uh, whether it's helicopters, drones. You have the things we've had for a long time called radios. Uh, you set up perimeters, You uh, like dog hunters do. You Trap your prey inside that perimeter, and then you methodically track that down. Mm -hmm. It's a much safer way of doing things. Um, But we have that Rambo mentality. We've got to get the bad guy. No, it happens all the time. Yeah, all the time. And uh, in this day and age, police officers have to take that step back and slow down and and, uh, rethink the way they – they do things and foot pursuits is one of the biggest ones. Um, usually at the end of a foot pursuit, you're tired. Mm-hmm. And then if you have to wrestle or try and physically take into custody of the person you've maybe have caught and caught and caught, caught. <laughs> um, that in itself is another struggle. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big guy on never, ever doing foot chases. Not with the, the tools that we have available today. Right. So um, it'd be a different thing if you didn't have the tools available. Mm-hmm. You have to do the job with what you have, you know, to use. Right. Uh, and back in the day, there that was all you had was your feet to carry you to the end, the finish line. But nowadays, we have things available. And we should utilize them. Right. I mean, um, cons again it far outweigh the pros as far as foot pursuit. You got your health to worry about. You got. Um, the possibility of getting killed or seriously injured. Um, the last incident I was involved in, um, a young man had cut his wrist. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see him, and he was be- bleeding pretty heavily. Um, I knew he wasn't armed, um, only because he had a pair of shorts on, and that was it. Mm-hmm. So it was right around sunset, and then as we were chasing him, I got out, tried to talk to him, and uh, he took off running. And I might have taken 10, 15 steps thinking to myself, I shouldn't be doing this. I mm-hmm. step in a hole and blow out my knee. So anything can happen. Absolutely. Yeah. So is it really worth your career? Yeah. So again, though, there are circumstances, you know, somebody takes off running. I've got no issue with, you know, you take a little bit of a position, you know, you run to a position where you can get visual on the person. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's Okay. Uh, I'm not I'm if not, that's even available. If if that again, yeah, right, absolutely. Even if that's available, but if it is, okay, but don't continue chasing that individual. Okay, become your best witness. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's your subject. Here's our just get that description out over the radio. Half the time, you'll listen to these radio calls to be on YouTube and things like that, and you hear the officer running. 
Subject's running this way. He's running west. He's running. Okay, what's he look like? What's he wearing? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, why are you chasing him? Uh, so we have some background here. So, you know, are you chasing him because he just, you know, did a pissed off the police or, you know, does he have a firearm? So other responding officers has that information as well. Right. Um, setting up a perimeter is, is works as well. Your canine are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the event you have a helicopter or a drone that has um, infrared on it, that's just more of an advantage to you. And then you can take a tactical approach to apprehending this person that's mm-hmm. fled from you. Uh, look at um, – and, and this isn't really so much a pursuit, but as far as, as using your equipment – um, the shooter in Dallas, what, six years, seven years ago, um, where he started, shot, and killed uh, three or four police officers after the parade. Mm-hmm. Um, and they ended up uh, cornering him after setting up a perimeter. He kept backing up, backing up, and ended up down a hallway in a building. Mm-hmm. Well, rather than you know just running in there and trying to take care of himself, they sent a, a robot down the uh, – hallway loaded with C4 and blew him up, <laughs> you know? So they utilize the technology available rather than risking the lives of the officers or even the canine. Right. The uh, funny part about what we're talking about, the agency that we left, um, we had to qualify quarterly. And if you remember, it's mm-hmm. a half a mile run with 19 obstacles. Right. And you had a time limit and you had to effectively talk at the end of it. Right. And then the the whole thing was the justification for doing it was because you may have to pursue someone. And at the end of that foot pursuit, you'd be involved in a uh, physical altercation. Right. And they want you to have the durability to endure in that altercation, which I understand having the durability to endure the altercation. But avoid the altercation altogether. Right. The funny part about us having to do that training and, and qualifying quarterly is our policy said you will not chase on foot. Right. <laughs> so it was a contradiction in why terms. Why the hell are we doing this? <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, the last uh, training I attended uh, before uh, I retired, the training sergeant said, do not chase. Right. That's what we have radios, cars, and helicopters for. Right. And so more and more agencies need to be looking at that rather than the because I get tired of reading these line of duty deaths and it's, you know, this officer died during a foot pursuit, which like we had uh, last week uh, with the officer killed during the foot pursuit. So it's just something that got to change. It's another factor you got to take in consideration is your health. A lot of people, um, I know so many that hardly ever go to a doctor. Um, they'll do maybe a checkup every other year or whatever. Um Heart attacks will mm-hmm. take you out. All kinds of medical issues could to, could take you out. And it's, if you really don't know how physically fit you are, unless you're doing it, again, every day or at least three times a week and it's a, a continuous regimen, why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. Well, just like in your circumstance, had that been a, a slightly more lengthy or – you know, where you were going after the guy and you only took a few steps, you stepped in a hole and injured yourself. Right. If the bad guy would have seen that, mm-hmm. uh, I'll give a, 
I was chasing a guy one time that had uh, done two uh, strong arm robberies and I spotted him. I took off on foot on him. We ran into a wood line. I ran into the wood line. I had my weapon drawn because I knew he'd had a weapon. Mm-hmm. It was a, a an edged weapon to my understanding, but I didn't know for sure. And I go inside and I tripped on a root, on a tree, mm-hmm. and I fell. When mm-hmm. I came up, he had stopped and turned around, and I could tell by his eyes he was thinking about coming back to me because I was down on the ground. Right. So by our own omissions, we're, we're both guilty of it. Absolutely. But now that we're older wiser and, i guess and the ability to sit back and yeah and monday know, morning quarterback right like everybody else does and we can tear ourselves apart just as well as anybody else absolutely um so the reality is i would preach it constantly um when my uh with my squad there's no reason to be chasing people mm-hmm. we have all these other tools um to our advantage and uh it's it nothing really good comes out of a foot chase Unless it's sudden and immediate and you apprehend the guy. Right. And again, it, it also, the circumstance comes into play. Uh, you have to weigh, why would I be chasing this person? If there's no immediate threat to the public. Mm-hmm. You know, it's different. The guy's got a gun and he's shooting at the public as he's running down the street. Right. Okay, you've got to engage that immediate threat to the of public. Course. That's a different story. But we're talking Joe Blow shoplifter runs out the back of the store. Or Joe... Or, I'm sorry, Jane, uh, the mugger, runs down the street, whatever and, it might be. Or the domestic violence suspect. Right. Whether it's a man or a woman. Correct. So nobody really wants to go to jail and they'll fight uh, to stay out of jail. And that includes taking whatever it takes to keep you from arresting them. Right. All right. That's an interesting topic. Right. Right. Let's, uh, let's uh, go to the fun side of things and let's talk about... You can't make this shit up. You got something new for us this week, man? Why don't we go off the same topic we went off of last week, um, is where I just read the headlines. And, and let you, people make up their... Yes. And if you can hear us through all of our laughing, God bless you. <laughs> all right. So Throw it. Let's so go. This one starts off. A man denies drinking and driving, says he only swigged bur- excuse me, bourbon at stop signs. <laughs> okay. I can. Uh, that's good. That way he's not uh, distracted while he's driving. <laughs> I don't get it, man. <laughs> this is this is weird. <laughs> Florida man arrested for assaulting girlfriend with chicken. What? Fried chicken. <laughs> oh, well, at least it was cooked. <laughs> Safety first. And they're showing a drumstick. So, I, <laughs> oh boy, this is a small club. <laughs> right. That's a deadly weapon. Right. <laughs> I, I don't understand some of this shit, man. <laughs> Armed himself with a chicken leg. <laughs> so it says, uh, the headline says, he should have stayed at school. Uh, a man managed to misspell school on warning signs, and it's spelt C-H-O-H-O, I'm sorry, S-C-O-H-O-L. I, I what? What? S-C-H, excuse me, S-C, because I want to spell it properly, but it's spelled S C O. H-O-L. He needs to go back to school. Yep, sure does. <laughs> wow. All right, throw me just a headline. Okay. No arms, no problem. <laughs> well, that depends on how you look at it. <laughs> it says, man stabs tourists despite having no arms. We do stick it in his teeth? <laughs> I, I don't know. Wow. You guys take from this what you want. Remember that. <laughs> headline. The monkey told him to do it. 
The monkey? Monkey. The monkeys have no tails in Zamboanga. I know that much. <laughs> so, Florida man arrested for driving stolen vehicle while monkey clings to his chest. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Nothing like playing with your monkey. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Shame on you. Keep this clean. <clears throat> trick me once. Trick me once? That's what it says. Trick me once. That's what the girl in the corner said. <laughs> Hang on. This is fucked up. <laughs> What's the story? I got to have a story on so, this one. So a guy <laughs> gives law enforcement a dash cam. Uh, following a traffic incident and accidentally includes him robbing a beauty store. <laughs> I don't know where it comes up with trick me once. I, I'm out. Uh, oops. <laughs> and the goat would still like to be alive. All right. Now we're talking farm animals. Here. Right. A man, a Florida man admits killing a goat and drinking its blood for pagan sacrifice. <laughs> Wow, that's some sick shit, dude. No hey, shit. I'm not judging. Not no, judging. Uh, okay. All right. And then we're going to leave it with this one. With a side of traffic jam. <laughs> that's the headline. Okay. This Florida man arrested for eating pancakes in the middle of a crosswalk. He was hungry. I don't know, man. Wow. Is that it? That's, that, it? that's, that's all okay? we're going to go with today. All right, good, because I don't know if I could take any more of that. <laughs> all right, that's... That's a some good uh, humor for the day. Let's uh, let's jump back onto a little bit of the serious side and let's talk about that case we saw about that Wesley Ruiz, the inmate over in Texas that was just put to death, mm-hmm. um, and his situation, what he had to say. For our listeners who don't understand, and uh, Wesley Ruiz was a forty three year old Texas man who was sentenced to death for the two thousand seven killing. Of uh, 33-year-old police officer Mark Nix following a high-speed car chase. Um, after 14 years of incarceration and a number of failed appeals, uh, the sentence was recently carried out in Huntsville uh, Wednesday. Uh, that's according to the Texas Tribune. 14 years? 14 years he was in prison. Why, why are we allowing uh, people who are sentenced to death and to stay alive for 14 years. I know the appeals process, Mm -hmm. stuff like that, but 14 years. Right. I think it's a combination of things, especially when you're looking at a a state like uh, Texas, you know, when you think like Ron White says, they have the express lane when it comes to the death sentence. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think with the sheer volume, well, I shouldn't say just because, but one of the reasons is the sheer volume of death row inmates in the country. I mean, when you're looking, you have on average 25,000 homicides in the country in a year, Mm -hmm. but you may only execute two, three, or four. There's a huge backlog. But again, that could be caused because they're dragging out the appeals process. Right. Um, And I know you're going to get a lot of people go, well, you know, people make mistakes or you get, People that are people saying that, well, you know, what if they were wrongfully accused? Well, okay, that's what the appeals process is for. Just speed up the appeals process. Right. Don't take so long. I, um, I, I, I just have an issue with paying for somebody. Um, that's what our taxpayers' money is going for, is support right. these people 
who've been judged by their peers and sentenced to death, why the hell are we keeping them alive so long? Right. Well, the reason we're talking about this particular individual is because it's it had an unusual outcome. The inmate actually apologized to the officer's family. Uh, his words were, I'd like to apologize to Mark and the Nick's family. Uh, this was, again, according to the Tribune, I hope this brings you closure. And that's really the what makes this case unique mm-hmm. is the fact that the individual who took the officer's life actually apologizes and accepts responsibility for what he did. Right. Well, he goes on to say some other things, but but I know that the point that we're trying to to make here is he actually apologizes. Right. And now that's even after all the appeals uh, that were done. Over um, the 14 years. 14. I'm still pissed you're that still he was— stuck on that grind. He was in— on death row for 14 years. And now this this all started because of a high-speed chase that began uh, when the car that Ruiz was driving was erroneously identified as being involved in a recent homicide that authorities later concluded he played no part in. However, wow. that didn't change the outcome of what happened. Right. Uh, the pursuit ended when Ruiz lost control of his vehicle and crashed near a house. Nix was fatally shot as he was attempting to bash in Ruiz's car window with a baton. Um, other officers responding uh, had a sh- shot at Ruiz, and he was hit nine times at the, at the time of the incident and was later taken into custody. That's crazy. Who gets shot nine times? Yeah, and right. And survives. And survives. All right. So the reason I keep harping on 14 years, mm-hmm. um, studies have shown that it costs twice as much to house a death row inmate um, than it does a regular inmate. Right. And they come up with a total around 50000 a year. So what's 50000 multiplied by 14? 700000 All right. But wait. The average cost, according to the study I read, to prosecute a capital crime uh, where they're seeking death row is an additional $700,000 more than what it would cost right. to prosecute. So now you're talking about $1.4 million. Right. Uh, to prosecute a non-capital case. So and that, what that does is it's um, the investigation, the pre-trial, the trial, um, and the post-trial. Mm-hmm. And then all the appeals. So on average, it's seven hundred thousand dollars just to get through a um, a capital case trial, right? And that includes the aftermath of it. So one point four million we spent on this individual who was also shot nine times, and you know that the agency had to pay for his hospital bill, right? So that was another ungodly amount. I'm assuming fourteen years. Why? Right. Justify that. Justify how, as taxpayers, we're supporting this guy for 14 years after we just spent well over $700,000 just to, to try him. Mm-hmm. Well, see, and, and then you'll get some people out there that will argue the counterpoint. Well, there's a per, that's the perfect example why not to have the death penalty. But then the answer to that is no, because no. now you're going to pay for the rest for – 28 years, 30 years, 40 years, however long this individual lives, which is going to vastly surpass that $1.4 million. So the question is, how do we remedy that? The only thing I can think of, you got to speed up the appeals process. It should not go 14 years. Yeah. Yeah, No way in hell. 
I understand the cost of the trial and post-trial stuff. I get that. Everybody's entitled to that, and that's awesome. Right. 14 years, I don't understand that. Yeah, you're convicted, everything's done. Mm-hmm. I'd like to know is, at what point did, I guess I guess at some point, you really never run out of appeals. Because mm-hmm. in, the, in, the, in the death penalty cases, they'll go up to their last minute, keep trying to appeal to the Supreme Court to get a stay of execution or to a, a district court of appeals to get a stay of execution. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's always that chance. But at some point, we've got to say enough's enough. Well, you figure it in today's society, and, and, and people are going to say, oh, there's been plenty of people that were incarcerated for years and then eventually was found not to be involved or get, uh, not guilty because of evidence and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. However, in today's society, we're way past that. DNA is an effective trick. It works. Mm-hmm. It's used all the time. Right. You got fingerprints. You got eyewitnesses. You got evidence. 14 years pisses me off because that's $700,000 we kept this guy going. Right. I don't get it. What's your thoughts? <laughs> it's a lot of money to keep. You see I, me getting I, heated I, up. Yeah, <laughs> that red face is uh, really sticking out there. <laughs> all right, Santa. But <laughs> <laughs> Fucking 14 years. Get the hell out of here. They have to, there has to be a revisiting of our criminal justice system in general, anyhow. And one of the things they have to do is, you know, they talk about efficiency of government and the effectiveness of government. We've got to do the same thing in the court systems. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is ridiculous that, you know, through different legal actions, you can, you know, extend the amount of time that it even takes to even just to get to trial let alone to complete trial and then go through the appeals process. Um, so many times you read about how family members of the victims have passed away because mm-hmm. it's taken so many years to get through the system. There's got to be some way of fixing that. I'm not sure I'm the, I can come up with how, right. but I know there's people out there that can. Well, then you're going to have your liberals that say, oh, we shouldn't kill, but you know what? He shouldn't have killed somebody else, or she shouldn't have killed somebody else. Exactly. An eye for an eye, right? Absolutely. Okay, I think that's enough for that topic. I think uh, we've made our point clear on that. I think we'll end this week's show with uh, announcing the winner of our giveaway. The winner of our giveaway is Alex Irwin of Orlando, Florida. He was the first to get us the uh, email with the correct answer, and the answer was evidence. Good job, Alex. We'll be in contact with you to uh, set up your collection of your winnings, which includes a one-year bronze subscription to our Patreon page and an item of your choice from our Teespring page. Congratulations once again, Alex, on that win. All right, everybody. We appreciate you being here this week. We'll see you next week. Take care.